Welcome back, listeners, to another new episode of Those Who Can't Do Podcast. My name is Gina, and I'm here with my co-host, producer, editor, and husband, Matt. Hello! (laughs) We are just two teachers navigating this crazy world we call teaching, and today we will be discussing social media and digital citizenship and its effects on children and their education. Teenagers. It's a word that when heard brings both envy and dread. It's what? Is it, are you Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller? What is this? What is this? I don't think uh, he envied teenagers in that movie, That's... though. <laughs> but unlike Ed Rooney, this generation of children are growing up with something that their previous generations didn't really have, social media. Uh, social media has already started seeping its way into the classroom and a lot of ways has taken over the way students interact. So Matt, how do you think social media has influenced your classroom? Well, one thing is these these teenagers don't listen anymore. Get off these my lawn. Kids. <laughs> You're Darn tootin'. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this. You're supposed to tell me so, how social media, media has influenced your classroom. Okay, social media is uh, everywhere, basically. Um, <laughs> it's First of all, it's a distraction uh, in a big way in that, you know, if a kid wants to get off task, social media is the obvious answer to it. I'm at a school right now that has no um, restrictions on social media, mm-hmm. so they're able to access their phones all day. And um, for one, it's a distraction because if a kid doesn't want to be involved, they're immediately going to get on it. For mm-hmm. two, it ends up being you know kind of a an interesting thing because before I like to do lessons that would kind of surprise students, so they'd walk into the classroom and it would kind of be you know, they would check the agenda that was on my board and there was a bunch of mysterious stuff on it. And, you know, they'd come sit down and I'd hand out papers all mysteriously. Then we'd do like a cool lesson and they'd be like, oh, I didn't know what was happening. And now I can get away with that once. And if it is shocking or interesting enough, somebody's going to record it and Mm. give it to everybody. So that immediately goes away out the window um, as soon as that takes place. So social media has kind of stopped it from being that. And you also have to realize that at this point with social media, you're also no longer teaching in a bubble. Mm. You're now accessible to everyone in the school. Yeah. And that's something you have to keep track of. Yes. Well, that's interesting because Matt's at a high school. I'm at a middle school and we have a no uh, cell phone policy. So social media, although is in the classroom, is not in the classroom currently but what happened before they entered the classroom that's still in my classroom so any drama any news anything interesting that happened they know about it they can't go on their phones in my room but they know about it and it's there but it's also whatever drama or interesting thing that happened that's in my room yeah so according to the american academy of child and adolescent psychiatry um 75% report having at least one active social media profile uh, of teenagers ranging between 13 and 17. So 75% of our our teenagers do have social media. So let's get something out of the way right now. Social media is, and for the seeable future, will be a part of our everyday life. That includes in the classroom. So we won't be discussing whether or not it is a good or bad thing, but rather what it looks like in the classroom and how we can better steer it in the right direction. So we talked about some examples of how, you know, Matt can't really shock his students anymore. (laughs) Um, 
because someone will uh, inevitably tell their friends and what in my room although it's not present well, yeah, currently uh, we know what's happening because in essence it, it's, it's inspiring creativity it mm-hmm. requires me to continue to be adaptive um, and realize and recognize that I can't teach only specifically the skill sets in the classroom because if I can relate it to something they're already connecting with on social media it encourages it in, in a much bigger way so you, you, you spun a positive way of looking at it, which is good. Creativity, also bringing relevance to the classroom. So yeah. if something happened, you can immediately talk about that topic and they'll be engaged. Yeah, exactly. And you can continue to use that, I mean, kind of throughout the day. The issue is, is that obviously on a personal level, mm-hmm. it stops kids from disconnecting in order to engage in the classroom. What do you mean? As in, if something's happening in their personal lives or if if they're, you know, for some reason, you know, suffering from something or having a difficult time, that stays permanent now in the room. There is no more disconnecting and just doing your schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it kind of forces me to acknowledge, in a way, the social aspect of students that I wouldn't have had to do before. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to engage with those students in a social way, and now I have to. Because I have to be aware that those kids are engaging with it. Okay, so you're saying like, you know, we grew up. There really, was, social media was just taking off when we were in high school. There yeah, was, but it we was, had it AOL, was at home AIM. On the it was at yeah. home on the computer. It wasn't on our phones. So at and... the most, it was what happened last night, and yeah. then we get up in the morning. We have to go to school, and it really wasn't in yeah, the room. Twenty minutes at school, and I was I had already forgotten. Yeah. Um, I would. I was already past it. I was over it. I was hanging out with my friends. I would. I knew what I had to do for homework. I knew what I had to do for classwork. I'd show up, and I could disconnect until three o'clock when I had to go home again. So school provided you a and way. And that's not even saying I didn't even have like a miserable home life when I was growing up. So it's really just like, you know, it's it's being able to disconnect from teen drama for a minute and just focus on learning. When they, you know, you can't do that. Even the average student can't do that anymore. They have to acknowledge that it's there. So you're saying because without social media, uh, when we were growing up, it was we were at school and we kind of had to focus primarily on school. Whatever drama was happening was on a break in the classroom because it wasn't right there with us. However, that's different now because whatever drama is happening is happening now. It's happening at this moment for these kids and it is real. Yeah, and there's an anxiety that comes with the knowledge that if you step away from social media, that feed keeps going. Oh, yeah, yeah, Without you. You've missed out on information that could be key to your social life in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, You've missed out on key components that you are required to know in order to interact at that level with your peers and with your with your, you know, mentors, with everyone involved in your life. Well, social media has developed a or made students, teenagers in general, develop a second layer of a social life. We always had a social life. Social life was so important. Like, how am I perceived by all these groups of people? But now what you're saying about the feed, uh, as soon as you go off of it, your online social life is being affected by your in-person social life and your in-person social life is being affected by your online social life. And they, and it's, so there's these multiple layers now of social life. So. Well, and it's the, it's also that the, you know, the popularity clout that kids mm -hmm. are chasing these days is very different than the popularity clout that we were dealing with. Well, what do you mean? Um, As in like, you know, that, that kids are, are chasing this kind of popularity thing 
in a much different way than what was happening when we were in school and when we were students where, you know, it's not just being social in person anymore. It's that you have to continue to be social mm-hmm. all day, every day, nonstop in order to maintain that level of popularity. Uh-huh, As yeah. in you can't, you can't ever disconnect from it. You can't be gone or missing or take a moment for yourself. You mm-hmm. have to remain engaged because as soon as you lose that, you're losing people's interest. You're losing people's time and energy. They stop interacting with you, which also makes you question genuine relationships in the first place that you have. Mm. Is anyone actually engaged with you? There are so many levels to this anxiety that some students build up. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. There's so many levels to it that, of course, you're not going to care that I'm trying to teach you how to put a sentence together with nouns and verbs. <laughs> you're just not going to care. And I'm not saying that you have to care, but the social media aspect is there. Yeah, because now, you're right, it's very powerful what you said about how usually you would, you know, you used to just socialize together in a group and then you'd go home and everyone went home or whatever and that was kind of the end of the day. And maybe you'd analyze what already happened, but there was nothing to catch up on and continue. A lot of students are still doing that. A lot of students are not 100% involved, but... A lot of them are. Yeah. Um, and that has to be acknowledged that there's this feed that's going on all the time that that's pulling students in and, and making them focus and try to engage so that way they can maintain their social life and maintain their their standing in wherever that is they're at. And a lot of times that social life isn't happening at school either. Mm-hmm. It's not with the other students happening. It's with other adults in their life who are out there doing social things while they're in school. And that's a huge distraction as well. And you bring up in school. So we've already talked about how social media is can be relevant in the classroom, whether they're physically on their social media in the classroom or it just seeps into the classroom. So let's talk about some ways we can avoid this or deal with this when it happens as educators. Well, I mean, of you know, avoiding it or dealing with it isn't really an option. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to realize that you are not going to be able to engage with students in a way that you were before. Okay. Um, as in they can keep an entire personality and aspects about themselves completely secret from their teachers at this point in a way that I don't think they were able to before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, you know, obviously you don't know everything about your students, but then finding out that, you know, cause I've, I have had the experience where I've had students in my class who were, you know, B or C students didn't really seem to be trying very hard. were always distracted by their phones and I was very judgy. I was like, you know, why don't you get off your phone and just do good, do a good job? You're smart. You're you're educated. Why don't you, mm-hmm. you know, apply yourself in your educational field? And then it would come up, you know, later in the year, or I would find out through other students that this student had a following of five million people online Whoa. that were giving them something close to ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month. Oh my god! <laughs> At what point is what I'm telling them useless? Oh yeah, hundred percent. To their life when they're already there, they're already engaged. When these when when students at that age can have, you know, followings of people that are listening to their every word and wanting to know what they're doing throughout the day. Oh yeah, at that and, point and you don't that, need school like ten thousand yeah, dollars a month. Fine. Exactly, and there's and there's students that are running online businesses to sell shoes, running online businesses yeah. to sell clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and making more money than I make in a year yeah. <laughs> and being aware that that is what social media offers and yeah. at, at a really reasonably low level of engagement. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I don't know that we can necessarily compete with as trying to encourage students to be in an education field because we don't fully understand what social media can do for you. 
as a positive. And even though it reflects as a negative for us, we're sitting there like, oh, this kid's not engaging, this kid's not listening. Their life is so full of social media and engagement and interesting stuff. You know, hearing from millions of people around the world at the same time, how can we possibly compete with that as teachers? Well, and that's what we have to try to figure out because at the end of the day, we're supposed to educate them. This is a teacher podcast, so let's talk about that. So how do you get that BC student who, yes, might be making five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month, uh, how do we get them engaged in our classroom? How do we deal with that? Well, and I mean, you know, getting engagement is something that's really interesting because obviously at any point in time, and I've told students this, that had those social media followings, that were chasing this, this clout. Mm-hmm. I've had students where I've had this conversation with them where I'm like, you don't think that what you're putting on there can get better? Well, you don't do you, think what that what mean? you're talking to people with online can improve? Oh, the like, way you're communicating English oh. for me is the basis of communication. And I'm saying, you don't think that you can get better at manipulating people or trying to get people <laughs> to listen to you. You don't think that can improve from where you're at. You're 14. You don't think you can do a better job. And obviously they shake it off. Obviously they're like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. But there is a side of it that yes, of course they can get better, you know? And mm-hmm. you know, if they show me a social media post or they'll show me something they've posted and you know, I'll point out that, you're using a particular form of the English language that is not familiar to most people. Mm. And you're doing it in order to engage these people, you know, speaking entirely with, you know, broken English and memes is, is in itself kind of an art form that they've Mm -hmm. already developed and mastered. And I point out that there's this whole aspect to it and, you know, pulling them back in with this information is something that's really interesting. Usually to the rest of the class. Yeah. So even if I can't engage with that student, the rest of the class seeing that that's possible and seeing how to engage and develop that is something that's really, really cool. So just you know? like, so making connections is such a big part of teaching. So you're saying a way you have handled it in your classroom is trying to get them to see the connections of what you're teaching them, what they're learning in your room and how it can apply to their real life right that and yeah. that's and I, i've done that too because a lot of them say like well i don't need school i want to be a soccer player i want to be a whatever and i'm like okay you're going to read the contract kid and understand what it says you might be signing away your millions of dollars to someone else and not yourself so it's very important so they're, they're making the connections is one way we can uh, deal with um the the seeping of the drama from social media into the classroom so let's brainstorm some more on some ways we can better keep students safe online that is already it's already some of it's already in schools right now such as digital citizenship well i'll I'll address the elephant in the room straight up with social media which is that these are all minors Mm -hmm. the main issue that's coming out of this is that they're students they're kids they're not adults yet which Mm -hmm. means that if they have full access to social media unrestricted they're obviously having access to stuff that minors shouldn't have access to mm-hmm. and they're having access to the ability to put themselves online in a way that puts a lot of students in danger and i mm. have seen the results of students putting things online yeah. that they should not i know um you know minors putting on you know nude pictures minors putting on you know violent content or making threats on the school um all of this is very very present on social media in a way that they would never say in person and the students that i interacted with obviously would never say any of that in person but you go to their social media profile and they have extreme content on there Mm -hmm. that they view as either funny or cringy or whatever and that is you know that's present that's their 100 and so making them realize that that is going to impact their life before it happens is so difficult but so key to making this work 
Okay. And, and hundreds of schools around the country right now are trying to figure out how to communicate this to students before they make a life-altering mistake online Yeah. that so many students are making right now. Mm -hmm. So many students are doing this right now where they don't understand that this is going to fall under criminal investigation mm -hmm. because they're minors. So many students don't understand that this is going to be a problem, that they're going to have to sit in a room with police officers who ask them questions about what they posted online. Mm-hmm. And that's something they're not ready to they're not ready to face. They don't think it's going to happen to them. When I know students that it's happened to. Yeah. And I know you know, I know how these things have gone down. And so trying to get them to interact before that happens is the key. Yeah. And I think that ignoring it is the downfall of a lot of schools. Absolutely. Saying that we're not going to address this because it's not a part of the curriculum is is a massive misstep. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that, you know, and, and, and I'll call out the idea that schools ban cell phones. I'll call that out straight up because if they are banning cell phones, they're basically saying we don't want to deal with this part of it, even though that is a key to educating at this point, yeah. is making them understand that they are putting a persona online and that persona can be easily manipulated to say something they don't want to say and, I really... and to do something they don't want to do. Yeah. I really want to reemphasize the fact that, like I said, social media is here. We're not talking about. I, I I'm very much for like if it's here, they're they're work, they're using it. They have to use it. It's their social life now. So we're not talking about like, you know, taking the approach of like I'm not going to address it. it. I think is like you said, a negative approach. It's not going to help. So we need to address it, and we can do that in schools with digital citizenship. So I know that. Um, at our school in our district we have digital citizenship uh, we have a whole week dedicated to it where we talk about online presence and its well, importance and, I mean, and, no offense, and but to me like to say we have a full week is is so so much less than we could be doing i, I agree we could and should do more um but we do ha that is a start where we have a, a a time where we dedicate where we talk about the realities of your online profile yeah. so um, talking about digital citizenship, which for those of you who don't know, is when uh, we have mini lessons and activities where kids uh, will engage with like the empathy part of it, with uh, the reality of like when well, they have it, to get jobs and how it can come back to haunt them, whatever that they're well, saying, and, and to, to be smart online. Are responsible for what they do online. So digital citizenship uh, for us is taught along a week long. Uh, group of lessons that we usually do in our advisory class where we talk about empathy we talk about uh, how this affects job applications when they do background searches of you and how uh, everything you put online can and will come back to haunt you so it's important to have a very respectful responsible um, online presence and online uh, fingerprint is how we phrase it uh, in order to help better your future self and that's always really hard especially in middle school because uh, thinking about the future it doesn't seem so important as what can I do right now um, in my, you know my time to make you know myself known amongst my peers right now and so we talk about that again we have like a week-long activity uh, group of activities and lessons to go over it and I try to bring in current things that happen um, you know about the kid who on a gaming website threatened someone they found him and they he was like 16 they they did arrest him and well that's something our curriculum does a lot is talk about escalation yes escalation and talk about how you know what you say online it 
it's no longer your ownership and people can take what you say and run with it mm-hmm. and escalate it to the point where, uh-oh, the original person was you. Yeah. And as just a quick example, within our online learning management system, we use Schoology, a group of kids, my students were bullying each other on a, on a comment post. And when they found out that they were going to get in trouble, they started deleting the comments, thinking that, oh, if I just delete the comments, there's no evidence. However, Schoology records all the history of comments and our coordinator was able to access it real easily and see the full comment stream, including the deleted um, posts, which just goes well, to that's... show how ignorant these kids can be about the fact that nothing is nothing online is gone forever. And they didn't know that. And they didn't realize that even just on a school-run management system. Well, which is where, you know, I mean, kids will turn documents into me that are named like... <laughs> you know, like all kinds of terrible things about me. You know, they'll say like, you know, Mr. Max sucks and stuff like that. It's yeah. like... You know, and they'll just say Mr. Max sucks dot PDF and they'll yeah. submit it because they forgot they named the document that and go turn it into me. Yeah. And you know, that's that influences their future because now I'm reading a document that literally says that I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And I don't take it personally because, you know, I'm cool about it. But they're gonna send that kind of document to some employer. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna send something to their boss someday and they're not gonna realize that's what happened because they just don't think it through. There has to be a way to relate the consequences of these actions to them. Because the extreme side of this is they go to jail for it. Absolutely. Like that, like what you say online gets taken seriously. If you're posting, you know, political memes and you retweet something that is a threat uh-huh. or is an issue, it's not, you know, it's not some, you know, principal that's going to call you into the office. It's that there's going to be agents sitting there in the main office waiting for you to come in. And they're going to take you away from your family and question you in some dark locked room, which has happened to students who didn't know what they were talking about. This just goes with education is so we, we cannot be ignorant. We cannot allow these kids to go through the world not knowing the consequences of online presence. Um, you, you can't because what kids don't realize is at this moment of time, you know, it, it's rather unfortunate and a little, you know, uh, uncomfortable, but teenagers who send nude pictures of themselves are distributing child pornography yeah and if you're under the age of 18 that is child pornography and you've just distributed it to a minor yeah and it doesn't matter if you are also a minor especially if you're 16 17 years old they could you could be tried as an adult depending on how severe that was yes and and who gets their hands on it yeah and if it's you know a lot of times they think that they're you know, the person that's in the pictures is the victim. And if the person that's in the pictures distributed it, you're not the victim. Nope. You're going to jail. And it's, and we, we talk, I think a lot of it comes from, we talk about like, you don't want people to see pictures of yourself, you know, in the future, it could come to haunt you versus, although that might be true, the reality is there could be a legal repercussion of it. And these kids don't know that. And yes, that's extreme when going from a slight bullying comments on a learning management system versus sending nude pictures. But that is what could happen. And these kids need to know how to have safe online presence, both social media, gaming, phones, messages. All of these things are not ever gone. Yes, and we need to be well, smart. And, and you, you know, need and to it's, be smart. it can be as simple as you know repeating a phrase that you might think is a meme and is actually hate speech. Mm-hmm. That I've seen that be punished in schools by law enforcement. Mm-hmm. It could be something along the lines of posting some kind of weapon from a video game, and if you do it in some kind of way that's posting a threat to the school, you have now 
made an actual threat on the school and you're facing repercussions from law enforcement, they will come and they will interview you about it to see if you were serious about it and to see if that's what you were talking about. You face repercussions for these items. So we went through a lot of things right now. We talked about how 75% of teenagers have social media. We talked about how it can seep into the classroom and now we've taken it to the reality of how it can affect uh, from a legal standpoint, their lives, not just job applications, but, you know, police interviews, uh, kids getting in trouble from that legal perspective. And it seems like a lot's been happening. So let's, let's dial it back. Well, and we also need to, we also need to understand one more thing. I'm okay. sorry. Let me go yeah. one more thing in Go that ahead. a minor in America does not have access to a lot of the same free speech informational stuff that adults do yet. What do you mean? And that might be harsh to say. But if it's stated on school grounds, the school has access to a lot of this stuff that might not be accessible to adults in the same context. As in like, you know, the ability to find social media stuff and the ability to talk about it with students is much different on the school level than it is on a personal level. So for instance, all of my information as an adult could be secure on online platforms. I could use VPNs. I could make sure that all of my information is secure, that people aren't going to be able to take it and steal it. And that security, that blanket is not there for minors in the same way because they don't own any of the equipment they're commenting on. They don't own any of the information that they're saying yet, right? All of that does also fall back on parents. Are you talking about like uh, school internet access and access to school devices? Yes. So yes, so whatever you're putting on school Wi-Fi and whatever you're using on a school device. And whatever you're using on your parents' Wi-Fi and whatever you're using on your parents' devices that they own. It doesn't come... I'm saying like because they don't have any ownership rights... There's also a lot of issues as far as like free speech and information as far as political or whatever kind of agendas they're saying. Because you're using a platform or device or Wi-Fi, VPN, whatever of someone else's, not yours. Exactly. And they need to be responsible and they need to be aware that they're responsible not just for their own information and devices, but also the people who own those devices. And it goes, they're responsible yeah. on a personal level to those people too. I think they also don't realize that if you're using a school device or school Wi-Fi that like lots of their rights go out the window because yes. you, you know, but you were using my internet, you know, so you have subjected yourself to allowing me to see everything. And so there's these things and these kids don't realize it. So we need to talk about uh, safety, both as uh, educators with digital citizenship and, and even more so um, about how to discuss and educate our kids and also you parents you also need to make sure that you aren't just saying I'm not going to make I'm not going to have allow my kid to have social media but you do need to have these conversations with them so well, it's all it's about that, education yeah. and educating our kids our students our well, minors on how to be safe online yeah, digital citizenship can't be one day it can't be one week. It has to be constant. It has to be information that they're being fed nonstop throughout the year by every teacher and every adult they interact with. And to be reminded that that is going to be essential for their future to understand how to interact with this technology. So I think we end, we're going to end here with the idea that we need to keep educating our, our students, our kids on how to be safe online and not, never let that conversation die out. Before we end this episode, we want to talk about something very, very important. 
um, and something that's happening in the United States right now, the election. The election really impacts teachers this year, both statewide and nationwide. Your voice and your vote matters. Please keep your educators in mind as you cast your vote this uh, election season. And remember that you can nominate somebody for Teacher of the Week so we can continue this next week uh, by emailing those who can't do podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on a whole bunch of social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. We are everywhere. Um, <laughs> you can just look us up with those who can't do podcast on any of those platforms and you'll be able to find us there. So don't forget to nominate a Teacher of the Week for next week. And uh, what's interesting that's happening uh, soon that they can look forward to, Matt? Oh, yeah, we're going to be putting up uh, some short YouTube uh, videos that have to do with our content as it's coming forward. So you can keep an eye out for our new YouTube channel that we'll be premiering soon. S uh, stay tuned and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.